Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today has turned her passion for beauty, wellness, and no-sensor advice into one of the most distinctive and insanely popular blogs online, The Skinny Confidential. I recently joined her and her husband for a very fun interview on their cheeky entrepreneurial podcast, The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her, which is on its way towards 100 million downloads. This year, she has brought her spunky, uncensored style to pregnancy in real time as she incubates her very first human, due out any day now. Lauren Everts Bostic, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, you're huge. I'm Everybody huge. knows you. Like you can't say to a pregnant person, she's huge. Oh, though. you're right. I screwed up. I did, it's like <laughs> the cardinal sin. You know, it's okay. I feel huge. I feel like I'm about to explode. You could even hide your pregnancy. Really? I did hide it for five months. You could still hide it and nobody would know if you wanted to. I don't know about that. I know you feel huge. You do not look huge. I feel, and I think that it's important to talk about this, that not a lot of women talk about the fact that it's really hard to see your body expand over such a short amount of period of time. Listen, if it was like slowly gaining weight, it would be fine. But to just look down every day and you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, it's it's a mind fuck. And I think that you can be simultaneously really grateful that you're having a baby, but also feel like you're about to explode. Now, do you feel like there's a lot of judgment about that statement? I am a really non-judgmental person, and that's what I put out into the ether, and my community is really non-judgmental. So I don't get a lot of backlash for that. It's like what you see is what you get. I'm grateful when somebody in the public eye says things like that because I know because I see pregnant women all day long that a lot of women feel that way but don't feel comfortable saying it and talking about it. And so you always say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And they just feel like they have to kind of put on this fake, oh, I feel good. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm happy. I'm excited. But also sometimes you just feel like crap and you, you're not happy and it's okay to say that too. And you could be grateful for being pregnant and not grateful for a growing body. I don't know why they're intertwined. Like, I didn't understand that. And I have to tell you, when I first got pregnant, I was shocked that I had never heard someone say, 
I feel like a bloated whale. I'd never heard that on the internet. <laughs> that should be your And book. that's how I felt. Your pregnancy book. My ankles were swollen. My ass swelled up. My legs swelled up. I've got water weight. I went to get a massage the other day and they said, you have a lot of water in your legs. Like I just feel like I'm wearing a fat suit. Mm. And I'm trying not to say the word fat because I'm having a girl because I don't want to put that into the ether. <laughs> but I just, I feel like Lauren ate Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So you don't have to love it. Yeah. And I'm very, very grateful that I'm pregnant. I mean, I think that it's an amazing gift and it's been a wild ride. But at the same time, I think it's important to talk about the other side as well. Let's start at the beginning. Where are you from? I'm from San Diego, California. You grew up in San Diego? I grew up in San Diego. I went to San Diego State University. What did you study? I studied television broadcasting. Ah. Didn't learn anything. Did you ever get into broadcasting? No. Television? No. Didn't get into any of that. I took broadcast journalism classes as part of my speech and drama major. And I had an instructor who was a news anchor and also did teaching. That's cool. A practitioner. Yeah. But she sounded in the classroom just like she sounds on TV news. She would be like, and for homework... (laughs) That's yeah, amazing. Stuff like she that. She was practicing. I know, but I would sometimes just want to change the channel in the middle of class. But you can't. Sorry, you just took a sip. <laughs> You'd want to change the channel. That's amazing. Yeah. I'd want to change the channel in classes too, sometimes. but it wasn't from the news broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you studied television and didn't go there. I didn't go there. Well, I, I went to San Diego State, but I was not mentally there, I think. I didn't realize at the time that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Oh. Uh, when did so that become clear to you? I was going to San Diego State. I was doing what I was supposed to do, what society said. You know, you go to school, you, you four years, you graduate. I was bartending six days a week from 3 o'clock to 12 at night. Oh I God, was I have so many questions. teaching pure bar Pilates, like doing what a 20-year-old is supposed to do. And I put that in quotes. And I realized I was unfulfilled. I was bored. I wasn't mentally stimulated. And I started to look around campus. Everyone was joining sororities. And I thought, what if I can do a sorority on the internet and connect women from all over the world for free? Because at the time, they're charging $800 a semester for a sorority. Wow. And I'm like, how can I get all these women on a website, get all their tips and tricks, get all their beauty hacks, and put it in one spot, do it for free, and make it available to everyone? And this is 2010. So this is 10 years ago, and blogging was like not a thing. Not happening. There was no Instagram, nothing. (gasps) And Life before Instagram, I can hardly remember. (laughs) R.I.P. And so I started building the brand of the Skinny Confidential, and I say brand because I really have always looked at it as a brand. Hmm. So I, you know, launched with the website, was blogging seven days a week for three years. How'd you come up with the name? So the Skinny Confidential is like, get the skinny. Yeah. And get the juice. And so I thought it'd be cheeky to call it the Skinny Confidential because it's like in one spot. And you're cheeky. Cheeky is like the whole brand. <laughs> so I thought that that was the right word. It was always very pink. And I launched it in 2011. And here we are today. But it's been a long road. It hasn't been overnight sort of thing, epiphany. But along that long road, were there defining moments of like leaps of growth? There was, but for three years, I didn't make one dime no money. And I did it seven days a week. So I think when people ask me, how do you get into this industry? I think it's really important to really have the right intention of why you're getting in. Hmm. And for me, I went into this really trying to provide value to an audience. And I wanted to provide hacks that they could apply to their own life. 
And sometimes when people jump into this industry and you know this is a podcaster of three years and they say, how do I monetize? I think that's asking the wrong question. From the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone's out there looking to hop into the mommy blog world or any of the blogging industry in general, I think that it's important to really refine what that is. I like that you are doing pure bar during the day and bartending at night. Basically any kind of bar you can get into. I love a bar. I miss a bar. <laughs> That's another thing. I miss I miss margarita. Mm. No one says that either. They say, oh, you won't miss it. I miss a margarita. You miss it? Yeah. Mocktails? Not the same. No, thank you. No, I want some champagne. You want the other side of the cocktail. <laughs> How the fuck am I supposed to get through Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It'll be very interesting. The way you said that, it kind of sounds like trying to stand up on water skis for the first time. And that boat's going, it's so much effort to get up. But then once you're up, it's like really fun to ride around. Are you at the fun part of Skinny Confidential? Are you having a good time? I get really stimulated and off on progress. My husband and I always joke like he's always trying to get to the finish line and I get off on the journey. Hmm. and the day-to-day. Is and that I, like a metaphor for men and women in general? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he's very impatient, like in a good way, though, because sometimes it is good to be impatient, and I'm a little bit more slow. And so I really knew from the beginning that, I, like I said, was building a brand, so I was okay with it taking a while. And there's been no epiphany for me. It's Like I said, it's been really slow strategic growth, day after day, rinse and repeat, Kind of like a drop of water in the pail every day. Mm. And I hope... There it is again. Your, your sound effects are pretty good. That's all I got. I was bored in high school. That's a pretty good one. Wow. Thank you. Taylor loves to make that one too, our producer. Hey, we can have a little contest. Because <laughs> I have a whole lot of ways I can do it. It's like... Or, anyway. Oh my God. That's my talent. I got one wow. stupid human trick. Wow. Thank you very much. You should grow that brand. <laughs> For three years without making a dime, just make that noise. But you know how it is with podcasting for three years. It's something that you just rinse and repeat. You put out every single week. You try to create content. That, you know, it resonates with the audience and they can apply it to their own life. Yeah. And then you just do it week after week, week after week, week after week, and you just hope people like it and they take something from it. You've grown a lot. It's not a blog. There's more to it. You have a book. You have a podcast. Baby. And a baby now. <laughs> yes, we've, we've grown soon, other Is that entities. the skinny confidential baby? Yes. <laughs> you know what? I told a girlfriend, I'm like, I'm not projecting the skinny confidential onto the baby. I'm not going to do like bright pink and light okay. pink. She'll I'm, probably come out pink. I'm, I might go more neutral. We'll see. She might come out pink. Yeah. I'm that would guessing. be on brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we have a podcast, a book, a YouTube channel. And we really tend to just go where attention goes. So whatever that is, we'll pivot to that. Right now, I think TikTok is going to be huge. TikTok. Huge. And so I'm starting to create content on TikTok. I think TikTok's the next Instagram. And I think there's really undervalued real estate on there right now. What's, the, what's it about? So basically, it's, and I hope I'm explaining this right, because this is what I see it as. Okay. It's 15 seconds or 60 seconds, and you create content, whether it's funny or educational or inspirational, in those 15 seconds or 60 seconds. And it's really appealing right now because our attention span is, like, wild. So crazy. It's so crazy. And I think people are getting over the curated 
ad-y, sales-y Instagram right now. Mm-hmm. I think they're moving towards something that's quicker and something that's maybe more raw, and that's TikTok. Oh, that's perfect for you. Yeah, and I'm then having fun You have with it. A, sort of the Michael 15 second and Lauren 60 second. It's like perfect for you guys. It was like made for you. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and you're raw and open, so that's perfect. Um, no, you guys work together. How did you guys meet? I met Michael when I was 12. Oh. Uh, we met when we were in sixth grade, and I put this in quotes, started dating from the ages of 13 to 15, and broke up in high school, and- Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why the breakup? You know, I wanted to go for the older guys. Mm. You know, one of those. Like, we were in the same grade, so I was going for the older guys. Not cool. Not cool. He talks about it every day. He <laughs> me. And we went off to college, and he just was very persistent. Let's say that. Very, very persistent. Oh, he kept coming back for more. He kept coming back for more. <laughs> and uh, then we, you know, started dating again when we were 22 and got engaged, married. And here we are having a baby. I mean, this is a big step. Yes, it's a big step. It's a big step. I want to talk to you about your pregnancy. Yeah, let's talk about it. But we got to take a quick break. Okay. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Lauren Everts Bostick. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Lauren Everts Bostick, the skinny confidential, and rumor has it you're all knocked out. I am knocked up. <laughs> Eight months. Eight months. You're really knocked up. Yeah, I'm so knocked up. As knocked up as it gets for the most part. Yeah. Was this planned? Were you ready? Was it time? I wouldn't say that it was planned, like we clocked it out and planned it, but it was a really good surprise. We've been together for a long time. Like I said, I've known Michael since we were 12, so it was a really happy moment. Were you previously not ready was there some sort of goalie was there i was on birth control that's what i I was on birth control for a long time like probably like 10 years so when you jumped off birth control you knew it could happen you know what though (laughs) i am one of those people that never looked into pregnancy or birth or babies or anything until i actually got pregnant like i knew nothing about it and i thought ignorantly that it took a long time to get pregnant I didn't know it would yeah, be... sometimes just two minutes. <laughs> I didn't know it would be so quick. And I know everyone's experience is different, but this is just the journey that I've had. I'm just sharing that. And, that, and it was 
very quick, and it was a pleasant surprise. Oh, nice. How did you find out? I was eating lunch with my husband, and my little sister said, I think you should take a pregnancy test. And what? I said, like, based no on what? She said, I think you should take a pregnancy test. So she slipped one in my briefcase, and I went and peed on a stick while I was scrolling through Instagram and almost fell over. <laughs> <laughs> and so I decided, instead of telling my husband, I'm going to wait three days, and I'm going to tell him in this really unique way and get it on film. So I waited for three days. And we were going down to Cabo and he was trying to get frisky, like grabbing my boobs, like, but hard. And you know, when you're pregnant, you have <laughs> oh, like sensitive. very sensitive boobs. And so I was like, oh, I got to tell, I got to tell him quick. So I waited probably a day and a half. It ended up being about a day and a half. And then I um, set this extravagant brunch up in Cabo and had one of those Beauty and the Beast domes. And put all the pregnancy tests. There was like 18 pregnancies. Oh, my tests. God. You just kept taking them? I like, just, you didn't believe it? No, because, again, I didn't know anything <gasps> about babies or pregnancy. And so I thought, okay, maybe there's a glitch. I also want to just put this out in the ether because I think it's important. I didn't know I was pregnant for seven weeks. And I did take a pregnancy test at week three. But it was one of the line ones. Oh, yeah. And apparently, looking back, it did say pregnant but i didn't know because the lines aren't really crazy it doesn't spell it out for you no it doesn't spell it out for you so my advice to anyone out there that's <laughs> checking i would get the digital one literally says yeah pregnant. yeah i yeah. needed that like mm-hmm. big time yeah i was surprised at how many people like don't trust the test <laughs> and just keep doing it three four five tests i literally took 18 18 tests yeah i just wanted to make sure oh yeah so well how did he react to it well, we filmed it on my YouTube channel. He started crying a little bit, and he Aww. was in shock. He's very happy. I think that the prospect of creating a mini him was really <laughs> or a mini exciting. You. Or a mini me. Yeah. I don't know if you can handle another mini me. A mini skinny. A mini skinny. Mm-hmm. In pink. In pink. That's really sweet. How was that first trimester for you besides being sensitive? I've had a really easy pregnancy in the terms of morning sickness. Um, I know a lot of people really struggle with that, but I also found that there was other things, like I said, that weren't talked about. The weight gain, not being able to drink alcohol, which in a way, like it shuts off a part of your social life. You know, I don't want to go out at 730 and go to a party anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm tired by then. I also think uh, I've just been really tired, really hungry, weird cravings. But there's this chocolate chip bagel from Sam's Bagel. Mm -hmm. That is so good. I'm sorry to everyone in advance <laughs> with butter on it, like a grass-fed mm. Kerrygold butter. It is so good. You're making a good case for it. Ooh, it's it's the best I've ever had. And that's like a big craving. Um, and then a lot of peaches, which oh, is random. Yeah, that's pretty random. But recently I've had heartburn, so I have had that. We talked about that. You said that there's a way to adjust the esophagus. We can kind of distract it down a little bit, take some of the acid out of your throat. Okay. Area. I'm about that. I can't wait for you to do yeah. that. Um, But my pregnancy's been pretty easy. I will say one thing that I think has made it easier is movement. I have made it a point to move every single day of the entire pregnancy. And I had to change the kind of movement that it was. I was doing strength training before I got pregnant and realized my body wanted something with super low cortisol, which is Pilates for me. Hmm. And I'm on my back a lot in Pilates, which is great. And I've done Pilates six days a week. And then after Pilates, I walk home. And that's like a half an hour walk. That sounds wonderful. 
it's really nice and it centers me too in the morning to be able to go to my Pilates, keep my cortisol low, and then walk home and listen to a podcast. And then on Sunday, I just walk, I move. And people say, you know, I don't have time to walk. Well, I take conference calls and walk. I listen to podcasts and walk. I meet with my team on the phone on Skype and walk. I have a treadmill in my office and I will post my Instagrams, my stories, even like returning text messages, emails on the treadmill has been really, really vital to this pregnancy. I think that it's really helped it. And that's just little movement. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. You said you didn't know that much about pregnancy before you got pregnant. Nothing. But now that you're in it, where are you getting your information from? I get a lot of it from you. Oh. I asked you 800 questions. On the first day. Yeah. But I have been really cognitive to also at the same time put my blinders on and tap into how I'm feeling and not how I'm supposed to feel or how everyone else wants me to feel. That's big. I didn't run out and go get, you know, what to expect when you're expecting. Like, I didn't I didn't want to do that. I also am really attracted to moms like Kat and Nat. I don't know if you ever met them. They wrote the book Mom Truths. Oh, I know the book. Um, and they would be a great podcast guest mm. with you. Note to sell. Yeah. And they're just very, very real. But I kind of want to go through this experience, like you said, on our podcast and, like, feel what it's like for me and tap into that and not base this journey on what society tells me I should do. And I'm very much like that in every area. I like to think for myself. And that could be a bad thing. (laughs) I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I mean. I mean, it's not like you're not getting medical care. It's you're listening to yourself. You're feeling what your body tells you, what your mind tells you. And you're taking that together with what the people you surrounded you with tell you and you're doing your own thing yeah i'm definitely listening to you know other people's opinions but i'm also taking it with a grain of salt how's your gigantic fan base responding to your pregnancy um they're so excited and they're so amazing and they're giving me all these tips and tricks in a really non-judgmental space like when i first got pregnant i was drinking kombucha on instagram story and i got like three really nasty messages (laughs) And then I got another 10 more and then I got another 20 more and then I got another 40 more. And immediately I just nipped it in the bud. And I said, I am not the blogger to follow if you want to be the pregnancy police. Oh, good for you. Because I am going to think for myself. I'm going to share my journey that has been approved by my doctor and take what you like and leave what you don't. And again, I'm not telling anyone to do anything. I'm just sharing my story. And my doctor did approve me to drink kombucha. And that's between me and my doctor. And if I want to drink it on Instagram story, like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not a big fan of kombucha, but I'll tell you why. Yeah, tell me why. I always forget to not shake it. And then I open it in the car and I smell like strawberry vinegar for the rest of the day. But strawberry vinegar smells so good. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I work on pregnant people, so they're a little... A little sensitive. Sensitive to smell. Yeah, you got to open it really slowly. Not shake it. I don't know why I want to shake it every time. You want to shake the cultures at the bottom. Maybe that's why. But I don't do it. I open it up and it explodes in my car every time I stop drinking it. I think after this combo, you won't shake it. I don't (laughs) think you'll shake it. Maybe your kombucha energy is my. I'm going to try one on the way home. Yeah, there's a kombucha at the farmers market on Mondays that you got to try. It's an apple kombucha with my Sam's bagel. Oh, With your sandwich. Absolutely. With that such a pregnant person. Butter. <laughs> so good. Um, what are some of the best tips you've gotten? So many women have reached out. And after I called out the pregnancy police, I haven't had any of that kind of energy Amazing. in my space at all. 
Everyone has been so amazing. The women have given me all these really helpful tips for heartburn or for my back hurting. They've led me to you. I'm grateful to your community. Yeah, I asked them, you know, I said my back is killing me. I live in LA. Who should I go to? And I told you 90% of them messaged me and said Dr. Berlin, which is how I met you. I think they were all my mother. Different profiles. Your mom has yeah. different accounts. She's all over Instagram. Yeah, some blank <laughs> defaults. Yeah, she's starting her TikTok now. I'm into it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better group of women around me. I and I didn't realize, I think, how many of them were moms. Yeah. Um, oh, so of your been, followers. Yeah, that's been yeah. cool to see and just see like their energy towards motherhood. We talked a little bit on when I was on your podcast about how there used to be a village around you and you had all these people who had experience and had babies and you get to see them pregnant, giving birth, raising babies, feeding babies. We don't really have that anymore, but... You know, you probably weren't thinking about this when you wanted to make the world's biggest online sorority, but you kind of created a village for yourself. That's a very profound way to look at it, Dr. Berlin. Thank you. Once, yeah, once every year I have a moment. Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, online you do create that sort of village, but it's just online, which is nice at seven o'clock when you want to go to bed, though. Yeah. And it's also <laughs> nice, like, actually, it's a 24-hour village. Like, you can get on there at three o'clock in the morning. If you're up with a baby or whatever, and then you need a little support, you can probably find it. That's so true. And I'm going to rely on my community if you're listening out there <laughs> at three in the morning when my nipples are dry. Yeah. If I breastfeed, if I breastfeed, that's another thing we have to talk about is breastfeeding culture. Okay. I could not believe the breastfeeding culture when yeah. I got pregnant. I was like five months pregnant and people are asking me if I'm going to breastfeed. My answer is I've never, ever been pregnant and I've never had a baby so I don't know what I'm going to do again I have to follow my intuition and see what it's like in the moment I can't give a blanket statement on anything until I'm in the moment that's just my personality I just even wonder why does it matter to somebody else whether you breastfeed or not and why does it matter what another person's doing with their body I've never even thought about you know what someone else is doing with their body that's their own prerogative yeah. And I'm noticing like as I get into this and talk to other mothers and interview other mothers and practitioners and doctors that there is a real stigma with breastfeeding. And I just I just want to be like, get busy. Yeah, there's an insane amount of judgment when it comes to everything baby related pregnancy. How are you going to give birth? Are you going to be vaginal cesarean? Are you going to have drugs, no drugs, home birth, hospital birth? You know, as soon as the baby comes out, are you going to sleep train or not sleep train, circumcise or not circumcise, vaccinate or not vaccinate? Everything has so much intense, strongly opinionated judgment behind it. Unfortunately, America's gone that way in general. We're like pretty polar about things, but it's been this way for a long time in pregnancy and newborn space, and it's getting worse. I hope that I can be someone that shakes that up. I believe you already are. I really hope I can shake it up because I I came in, like I said, ignorant to this culture and I'm just, I I don't judge myself. Like there is so many weaknesses I have. I tap down on my strengths and so I'm not judging other people. And I think when you're out there judging what other people are doing, maybe there's judgment that you have on yourself. Hmm. And I think that that's important to look at before you project, you know, what other people should do. You know what? That is a powerful statement. And I think we all need to spend a minute thinking about it. So it's a great time to take a break. (laughs) I love your transition. (laughs) It really is a big moment. I'm going to take a moment thinking about it. Uh, Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Hey everyone, it's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally, omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Lauren Everett-Spostick. We're having a snack with Lauren, which is pretty much what you like to do these days. Sweet potato fries. Yeah, they smell delicious. I honestly, they're so, so good. They're from Granville, and they're like the perfect consistency. Also, I found too, like this is just a side note, a sweet potato with butter, cinnamon, and pomegranate seeds is so good. Delish. That's another craving that I have. And just real. It's just real food. I have a question. How has uh, pregnancy been on your relationship? Pregnancy has been really amazing on my relationship because I've got to see another side of my husband, and I'm sure he would say the same thing too. But it's also been hard because it's weird when you first start having sex and your body changes. That's like a dynamic. Again, I think that needs to be talked about more often. It's what position do you do? For a while, I told you this on our podcast, my husband thought his penis was going to touch the baby and we had to go through that and I had to teach him anatomy. (laughs) Wishful thinking. Yeah, wishful thinking. (laughs) So that was kind of interesting. Overall, though, I think it's been a really peaceful time when I've had a lot of clarity because there's been no alcohol at all. And I think that when you're pregnant, you're almost like a clairvoyant. It's it's very weird. You can feel energy and you can see things that I don't think you can see when you're not pregnant. Hmm. Um, first of all, in the sex part of your relationship, has it become just more interesting? Is it better, worse, more or less frequent? Personally, I, you know, like feeling, you know, my best when I'm having sex. Like I like feeling tight and thin and I don't know, just just myself. And I'm not saying I'm tight and thin. I'm just saying for my body to be at its peak. And before I got pregnant, I was really working out and, you know, lengthening and leaning and doing all these workouts. And then, bam, you get pregnant and it's like everything <laughs> just gets bigger. And I think that that's, I said earlier, a mind fuck. You just go through a lot of different emotions. And one of those is it's different to have sex with your partner, and especially if you've been having sex with your partner for a long time. It's just a different dynamic and you have to navigate that. And so, you know, we have navigated it, but at first it's like, what position do you do? Can you get on top? That maybe isn't the best one. Maybe doggy style. You don't really want missionary because they're on top of you. It's just a different kind of dance. It's something out of the norm. That's a lot of helpful advice already for people. (laughs) Yeah, do doggy style. (laughs) Just bend over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And what about for him? I mean, sometimes guys like it. I think at first he's nervous because, like I said, I think he thought that something was going to happen to the baby. To the baby. Yeah. And I think it's weird to be super sexual when the man thinks the baby's listening or watching or whatever Uh, they think. In the room. Yeah. And it's maybe like not as sexy if the baby wasn't there. 
But I think you get used to it as the time goes on. And I think obviously it's important to have feel good orgasmic hormones going through you for you and the baby. So I do think that it's a vital part of pregnancy. And it could play a role actually in your birth. Have you already started to think about how to get this little human out of you? I I told you this earlier, having no expectations about my birth. I I don't know enough, like same with breastfeeding, I don't know enough to make such a black and white decision. At first I thought I wanted a C-section. I spoke with you you gave me a plethora of other ideas and I started to think, okay, well, you know, maybe I want a vaginal birth. And now I'm to the point where it's like, I'm just going to trust the process. Mm -hmm. What would I like in a perfect world? I don't know, maybe an epidural and a vaginal birth, but I am going to try to push for a while without an epidural and see how it goes. Again, no Well, if you get the pushing without an epidural, you're probably not going to get an epidural. See, I, I don't know. So, it. That's why I feel bad talking about this because I just don't know enough about it. Yeah. No, you shouldn't feel bad about it. I think most people are under-informed about what the choices are. Yeah. And I'm totally cool with you having a cesarean birth. It's not my decision at all. It was not that you said, hey, I think I want to have a cesarean birth. I'm like, don't do it. I'm just like, you just didn't sound like you knew what the options were. I didn't. And some of the pros and cons <laughs> of the options. I'm like, maybe here's some some of the choices so that you can pick which one you want from an empowered place of knowledge versus just thinking that's maybe the only choice. And I think that I knew that I'm not feeling like super knowledgeable about every area. So we hired a doula. We found this woman who I've been meeting with once a week and I'm doing my chiropractic treatments. I got to go back to fix my esophagus. (laughs) I'm doing, you know, prenatal massage. I'm getting fascia released. I'm doing, I'm walking, I'm moving. A lot of self-care. A lot of self-care, a lot of bone broth, a lot of water, getting in bed early, um, just really listening to my body, meditation, doing things to prep for it. And I hope that it goes in a very beautiful way that's in my head with oils and music and Oh, but there's a there's an image zen. there. There's a picture. Yeah, later. there's a picture. Yeah. Zen. I like I want Zen. Zen in a hospital. Yes, I do want to be in a hospital. That is one thing I know. Yeah. So I mean you are kind of painting some birth intentions there. Maybe. Yeah. I'm think I'm painting um not a lot of chaos. I would love if the baby could enter the world with as least amount of chaos as possible. But again, I've heard a hundred stories where that doesn't happen. So I don't even know what you mean by chaos. It's an intense moment. It's a time in the universe where a human being comes through your body into this world. It's like a big thunderbolts and lightning moment usually. I think I mean um, chaos is maybe a negative energy. I want really positive oh, energy. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. And why not? Just seamless is a good word, but that's, I don't know if that's a good way to describe birth. <laughs> <laughs> I love seamless things. Oh, well, maybe. That could be your book, Seamless Birth. Yeah. So I got a doula and she'll, what I think her job is, and you can tell me if this is wrong, is she provides all the different options mm-hmm. kind of between the doctor and the person laboring, me. Sure. And then I make the end decision. So doula has an educational role. I, yes. I see a doula as a comfort person, somebody that makes you feel hopefully mentally and physically comfortable in a lot of different ways. One of the things that they like to do is help you make informed choices. So there are so many different decisions to make when it comes to having a baby. Some people don't want to make them. They want them made for you. And then you go to a doctor who likes to make choices for you and you just do whatever they say. That's a fine way to go too. But I think today a lot of people want to know what the choices are and sort of be an active decision maker in those choices. And a doula is 
big part of our role is education, letting you know what the different pros and cons of different choices are. And then together with your practitioner, you know, making sure that your voice is heard and that you're supported in the choices that you want to make. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what you said. It's an educational tool, too. It's like I want to know all the different outcomes. And I think that the doula said to me, she said, a doctor's job is to deliver a healthy baby. That's it. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot more dynamic that goes into a birth. How's the mother feeling? You know, what are the options after birth? How long do we want to leave the umbilical cord on? Like the doctor's not thinking about all those little things. And so to have someone there that's an advocate for me that gives me all the options for each step is really important for me. Absolutely. So it's interesting you said the word comfort. I don't know if that's what I'm looking to her for. I could be wrong when I'm in birth. Well, I think the unknown creates a sense of fear. Yeah. And knowing more about your choices creates a sense of comfort, even just on that level. But if you are unmedicated, let's say, and in labor, and you're feeling intensity that you've never felt before, you don't know if it's like normal or abnormal, if it's supposed to feel that way or not supposed to feel that way, just because you've never been there. The ideal thing would be to close your eyes and do what you like to do and listen to what your body is telling you. But not everybody's in tune with that little voice. And sometimes there's so many outside voices that you're clouded from hearing that little voice. And so to have one person who you handpicked, who you feel comfortable with, who you spend a lot of time before pregnancy, who's continuously there from the beginning through the end. I mean, your doctor usually comes at the end. Midwives tend to stay longer if you're with a midwife. Uh, nurses come and go at the hospital. They're on 12-hour shifts typically. So you could have an amazing nurse and they're with you. And then all of a sudden it's 7 p.m. They just disappear and somebody else comes in who's not great. Your doula is the one who's there. You're, you're almost like comfort blanket from the beginning to the end. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so I think that for me, the right decision was a doula. And, um, you know, we're talking about things like how long we want the umbilical cord on and doing skin to skin right after. And, of course, these are things that, like you said, is like intentions. And if they happen, amazing. And if they don't, I don't want to get too attached to it. Nice. That's umbilical cord and attachment really go well together. <laughs> <laughs> Another pun for you. I can't help it. It's the way my brain works. Okay. <laughs> Have you thought about post-baby? Post baby, like when we bring the baby home. Yeah, what life will be like with the little bugger in the house. That's giving me anxiety. I'm a, a serious control freak at my house. Everything is in its place. And to bring another person into that is giving me anxiety. Uh, I'm trying to work on that right now and be more malleable. How? How do you work on that? Meditation. Ooh. Um, guided imagery or your own meditation? Um, I just do an app and it really helps. Mm, guided. Yeah. And to be able to sit there with my breath is really powerful for me. Do you like to be in control in general of things? Or Yeah, I think yes and no. I'm a Gemini. Okay. So with the birthing experience, I feel like I've like let that out into the ether. But when it comes to my house, I'm just like a control freak. Hmm. I've always been like that since I was little. And so to have another human in the house is just going to be a whole different dynamic. And I know that there's going to be... All these different things that I've never done. Changing a diaper. Never changed a diaper. Maybe once. Hmm. You know, crying, no sleep. Like there's all these dynamics that I'm thinking about that are giving me anxiety. But at the same time, I have this incredible community that's messaging me being like, it's the best thing that's ever happened to you. So I think that there's like a balance there. I do think in general, the more effort you put into something, the more reward potential you have to get out of it. And so I don't know anything that you put more effort to into than a kid. And then the reward potential is greater than anything you've ever done before. If that's not true, I'm going to come to your chiropractic Absolutely. center yeah. with a knife. I don't mind. Okay. 
Yeah, I assume you're going to just be cutting up sweet potatoes to put on some <laughs> pomegranates and grass-fed butter. It's really good. You should try it. Cinnamon. Sounds divine. Um, you talked a little bit about feeding your baby, feeding options, saying on the one hand you don't really know what you want to do, but you know the options. I think that what I'll do is I'll order this goat's milk formula that was recommended from Germany. It's some crazy, amazing formula, and I'll have it on hand, and I'll try to breastfeed, and if it doesn't work out, then again... It doesn't work out and I have a backup plan. I'm also really lucky that I'm getting a night nurse, Mm. which I think a lot of influencers and celebrities don't talk about. You know, I told my audience way from the beginning that I'm getting a night nurse and that I want to be really transparent about it and not lie about it and just, again, share my journey. And to have a night nurse at our house, you know, helping me breastfeed, I think is something that's amazing. I don't think a lot of people are able to have someone that teaches you how to latch the baby on. So to have that, I think, you know, maybe we'll give us some kind of advantage. I don't know. It goes back to that village that I was talking yeah. about. That always used to be there and now it isn't. So it's being replaced with professionals like childbirth educators and night nurses and doulas. That they used, used to just be built in. They were there for you. Yeah, that's so true. So, I mean, they're kind of expensive. So unfortunately, they're not available to everybody. But I see more and more organizations popping up making these services available. So if you listen to a podcast like this and you're like, well, I wish I could have that, but I can't. I would look a little deeper so Sometimes you can find like newer people who are just getting started out and are looking for volunteer time or low cost. And there are now organizations in in many cities and states where they're trying to make these services available to everyone. But I think they're critical services. We talked earlier about why there's so much postpartum anxiousness and sadness. A lot of it is lack of support. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I love that you're able to and, and choosing to surround yourself with postpartum support. Yeah. And for me, you know, we don't have family here, but at the same time, I don't want to justify it. I don't want to justify that's the reason I'm getting it. Cause I think even if my family lived here, I would still get a night nurse. And again, I think that's an important conversation for influencers to have and just be real about it. I like it. I could talk to you for hours. Well, I'll come back on after I give birth. I can't wait. Or while I'm giving birth. While you're giving birth. We said maybe. Maybe. The first ever. <laughs> We've done a lot of before Let me and get after. to my second child so I can see what's happening. <laughs> well, I like the way you think. You're already yeah. thinking forward to another uh, one. Maybe we'll see. Michael, don't get your panties all <laughs> All right, Lauren, where can we find you online? Um, you can find me eating my sweet potato with <laughs> Kerrygold butter, cinnamon, and pomegranate seeds on at the Skinny Confidential on Instagram. And then you were just on our podcast, which is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. I hear it's going to be a great episode. Yeah, it's a great episode. <laughs> you don't want to miss it. Uh, thank you so much for coming in, for sharing so open and raw. Thanks for having me. That was fun. And real. You got me thinking now more about my birth plan. I love it. And I we're going to be schmoozing today. anyway. We're going to schmooze. Or we can schmooze. All right. At home, thanks for listening. To the Informed Pregnancy Podcast, if you like our program, be sure to share us with your friends. And if you'd like to get in touch, send your feedback to info at informedpregnancy.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a whole lot of questions for you. This kid's gonna test my will. I got a lot to learn. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. 
As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.